Welcome to another inspirational message from Chowdean Community Church, Gateshead. For more information about Chowdean, visit www.chowdean.org.uk. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Good morning, everybody. Okay, so this morning, I want to bring you, church, a call that I believe is on God's heart for us today. And it's a call to be His people. As you know, we're in a series about hope. But I think what we haven't grasped yet, and what I hope and pray we will all grasp together this morning, is that we are the church, we as the church, are a new hope. I want you to catch the excitement of the hope that is in Jesus Christ and go away infused and empowered and with a plan to go and be that hope for Gateshead and the world. Because God is calling, his call is strong, his call is loud. So what I want you to do is to go from here and commit to be that people which God has called us to be. And I also want you to commit to using the book of Psalms. The other thing I think God's saying to us as a church is, you haven't read the Psalms enough, Chowdy. You haven't read the Psalms enough. So I want it's each as individuals to commit over this summer to reading the book of Psalms. So by the 1st of September, we've all read the Psalms. And because I believe God will use them to turbocharge us. Use them to make us as a church the people that God wants us to be and to be that hope for Gateshead. So let's root that in Scripture. God is building a people of power. Do you believe that? Really? Yes. Thank you. Because he has declared to his people the power of his works in giving them, that's me and you, in giving them the heritage of the nations. So God has declared in Psalm 111 verse 6 that we are the hope of the world. It is our birthright as children of God to be his people. So get into the Psalms, use them, read them, and let's use them to be the people that God has called us to be. And as an example of that, I want to take you to Star Wars, one of my favorite places in the known universe. And I don't know if you know, but Star Wars story is an, is an allegory for the salvation story. You might not have seen it that way, you might have got it the first time, but really, the Star Wars story is, a, is, a, um, is a, an allegory of the salvation because the world needs hope. And I'm going to take you to a bit of Star Wars in a second. Um, I'll just, for those of you that don't know the story, Luke Skywalker is the young Jedi Knight. And the world is taken over by the evil empire, headed by, ironically enough, his father, Darth Vader. And Luke has got the job of freeing the world, of being hope. He is the embodiment of hope. And hopefully in these things you're going to see it, you're going to see that. And you'll hear Yoda, who's like the 
the wise sage, the guidance, the, the prophet, if you have it, and he refers to the force. Well, the force is an analogy for God, for the power of God, and you'll see that in this reading. And Yoda says, there is no try. And Luke sees a problem with what's happening with his friends and what's going to happen with them. So Luke's grown up. As we come to the bit we're going to come to, Luke has grown up. He still doesn't really understand his power. He doesn't know where he is, a bit like us. But his friends, Han and Leia, are trapped on the Millennium Falcon. They're trapped by this evil force, Darth Vader. And Luke has to go and find Yoda for training and understanding of his power. So if we go to the first clip, please, we'll see that. See what. So Luke's training, like ours, is full of disappointments and setbacks. Luke is being trained to be the hope of, of the universe, to save his friends and the people. But he doesn't believe it. He doesn't believe that he's capable. But as we see, the story goes on and things develop. So hope needs an embodiment. It needs a leader. It needs a person for people who are in darkness to see that hope exists. And just in the way that Luke was being called to save his friends, to be hope for his friends in a lost situation, so we as a church are being called to be this new hope. But of course, Star Wars isn't real. It's just a story. The force isn't real. But our God is. Our God is able to do what he has asked us to do. He is able to make us that people of hope and give us the power that we need to change. Let's look at a real example. Let's look at David. David was called a man after God's own heart and the reason why I want us to get into psalms and I believe God is telling us as a church to read psalms over the summer is that if we too are like David people after God's heart that's what we need to be the hope for Gateshead and the world the closer and more engaged and more passionate and more involved we are in the very heart of Jesus Christ our saviour the brighter the hope will burn. And when the Son of Man is lifted up, the people will be drawn to him. That's hope for Gateshead. In 1 Samuel, it says, But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people. Because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. So we have had a number of years where we have not kept as a society what the Lord commanded you. But God has called us to be, just like David, a people after God's own heart. That we might obey his commandment. And follow him. And in the New Testament, it 
harks back to that. And in Acts 13, 22, it says, And when he had removed him, he raised up for them David as a king. And to whom also he gave the testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. So, Chaldean, will you be a people after God's own heart? Will I, Seth, turn away from my wicked and selfish ways to follow after what God's passion is and follow after his heart, be after Jesus Christ's heart, so that we can do God's will? If I will say yes, if you will say yes to God's call in Psalms today, you will be a new hope. So let's look a bit at David's character in detail. In Psalm 62 and verse 9, it says, Low-born men are but a breath. The high-born are but a lie. If weighed on a balance, they are nothing. Together, they are only a breath. And that's in Psalm 62. And that's an example of David's humility. By praying this psalm, he's sowing humility into his character. And so too with reverence. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise and I am saved from my enemies. You'll find that in Psalm 18 and verse 3. David is also building his respect for the Lord. Be merciful to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eyes grow weak with sorrow, my soul and my body with grief. In Psalm 31 and verse 9. He is also trusting the Lord. In Psalm 27 verse 1 he says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And in Psalm 18, verse 1, he says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. Do you see how through saying and writing these words, David is becoming more like Jesus? He's taking the words of prayers and the songs of the Psalms and changing who he is so he can be that hope for a nation, be that king which God has called him to be. Do you see it? Yes? No? Let's go on. So David's also devoted In Psalm 4 and verse 7, he says, You have filled my heart with greater joy than when there grain and new wine abound. And in Psalm 9 verse 1, I will praise you, O Lord, with all of my heart. I will tell of your wonders. Through praise, through speaking, he speaks out the power of God and he recognizes what God has done in his life. He also practices faithfulness where he says, surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's in Psalm 23, verse 6. 
David shows his obedience by saying in Psalm 119, Give me understanding and I will keep your law and obey it with all my heart. And in Psalm 25, verse 11, For the sake of your name, O Lord, forgive me my iniquity, through though it is great. So I believe what God is asking us to do is take away these psalms. And, and don't just go to your favorites. Don't just choose Psalm 23 because you know it. But use some time this summer to delve into the riches which are here. The rich experience of David. The praise, the worship. Delve into it. Know it. Use it. Because through that, God will build your character. He has promised to build your character as an individual and build it into the church. So that's where it starts. It starts being rooted in the Word of God. It starts being rooted in understanding and seeing our situation in God's Word and being committed to learn it and practice it and do it. So how are God's people hope? How do we as God's people become hope for the world? Well, we do that practice, that practice of sowing the Scripture into our lives. We do it individually. Unless you're prepared to go from here and be different, nothing's going to change. As individuals, we need to change and grow and be different. It's a matter of balance. But also, we need to allow God to do it. Just doing it in our own strength and doing it doesn't work. Many of us have failed. I've failed on many, many things where I've tried to do it in my own strength. I have to allow God to do it. But also I need people around me. This being a new hope isn't an individual pursuit. It's not an individual task. It's something we have to do together. And we have to learn from each other and support each other and love each other into becoming this people of hope so what do we do there are really three elements i would argue and the three things that i'm asking you to do as a result of today to become this people of hope at the base of it i'm asking you to worship isn't our worship band fantastic that was a question yes isn't, our, you know, isn't one of the greatest things about this church the power of worship and praise and we have people who are dedicated and lead us in such a beautiful and humble way to the throne of grace and that's a good model because it all starts with worship unless we're recognising the primacy of God and recognising God's action in our lives and in our world we haven't got anything to give so we need to commit to worship and using those psalms as a, as a focal point to worship our God, our Creator, our Saviour, our Jesus, our Lord. It starts with worship. But if we just worship in our holy huddle, that's no good. We have to go on from worship to connect. So we have to connect with the world. Last week... I was down in, with some friends in Birmingham, just spending time with them. I was down there with my brother and some friends that I haven't seen for years from, that I grew up with in America. 
And it was fantastic just to kind of new, do nothing with them. And I think sometimes as Christians, we accept we have to do. We have to preach. We have to... But unless we're being alongside people, we don't have the right to say anything. So we need to connect. And then we also need to give. We need to sacrificially give. Boy, doesn't our world need a new hope. When you watch the news, when you meet people with broken hearts, when you hear stories. I was listening on the news this week about, about, um, about some of the problems and difficulties in the world and thinking this world needs a new hope. And I believe God is saying to us, you are that new hope. If you will worship, if you will connect, if you will give sacrificially, you will be that hope. So how do we do it? Let's have a bit of detail around that. So how do we connect? It's about spending time with people in their lives where they are. Yes, of course, we want people to come to church. We want people to come to us. One of the things that's changing in our society is the need to go to where people are at. We need to go to connect with where they are and be with them and spend time. As I said earlier last week, the Americans were over. They came over here. But they wanted to be in Birmingham. I and my family wanted to be in Newcastle. So if I was going to spend any time with them, I had to go. I had to give up some time. I had to, you know pay for some petrol I had to do some stuff to get with them and spend time doing what they wanted to do we need to be sacrificial time givers if we're going to connect with the people who need a new hope something else I read this week is about the importance of being on time those of you know me sometimes I'm very good at time being on time Others, I'm very bad at it. And I was convicted by God this week that by an article that said, if you're not on time, you know, you might say it's because of the traffic. But it's not because of the traffic. It's because you didn't leave enough time. You might say it's because a meeting overran. But it's not because a meeting overran. It's because you saw it as more important, what you were doing, or you planned badly. So I was reading about that this week, and I was convicted that... If things are really important, I will be on time. And I want to try and change that in my life. And and that's not just about me. That was just, you know, a weakness of mine. But that time is so important to people. And we're in such a time-poor society. In Gateshead, you know, there's lots of money. You know, we're a rich society compared to the rest of the world. But we're very poor in terms of time and spending time with people. So will you be a sacrificial time giver? Will you give up your time for the good of others? To connect, to spend time with them. In Psalm 120 it says, Woe to me that I dwell in Mesek that I lived amongst the tents of Kedar. Too long have I lived among those who hate peace. I am for peace. Sometimes we we live amongst those who hate peace. Hate peace with each other and hate peace with God. 
But God calls us to be there, to be in the midst of those people, to be in Meshach, to live amongst those who hate peace, but to be those that are for peace. That's how we connect with a needy world. And how do we give? This has been a really difficult week for me at work. It's been really challenging. We had a problem, and I won't go into the detail. We had a problem, and there was a challenge to overcome it. And this week, I had to stick in and get alongside people and muck in with them to sort the problem out. They wanted me to be in there with them, feeling their pain. It doesn't seem very logical to me. I'm quite a logical, mathematical. It didn't seem... But they wanted me to be there just to show that the difficulty that they were in mattered to me as much as it mattered to them. So are you being alongside people? Are you suffering, suffering with them? Are you giving them your energy? I know many of you are. You know, this sermon isn't... It's meant to be encouraging. You know, many of you are doing this every day, day in, day out. But God is calling us to look for more and more opportunities to give sacrificially. Because in Psalm 57, he says, I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the people. For great is your love. Reaching into the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. How amazing. Because of him. Because of who he is. Because of the way he is. We can give and give and give because of him and who he is. That was David's experience. That is the experience that God is calling us to. So how do we worship? In Psalm 5 it says, But all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may rejoice in you. At the core of our life, there has to be a power. There has to be a reactor inside us, giving us the energy to pass on to other people. And that has to be a deep thankfulness for our relationship with our Savior and Lord. God is calling us to take time just to reflect on how amazing he is. And you can't go past a verse in Psalms without seeing some new aspect or new reflection or new angle on the love and the power and the grace and the humility and, and the, the giving of our God. So please use the Psalms this summer to, to fire up that core, to enable your heart to be full and brimming over. Without worship, we can often live life on empty. And worship together and on your own are vital to not be on empty, but be able to be the people that God is calling us to be. So if the band would like to come up, we're going to do a bit more worship and have a chance to sow some of that into our lives. But really, to summarize, 
Like Luke, Luke Skywalker, we are faced with a needy world. We see the needs. And if we care, we will go. We don't feel ready. We don't feel like we've had enough training. We don't feel adequate to the task. But there's a needy world. If we care, we will go. Like King David, we have to build our character. We have to use the Word of God to build who we are, to build those characteristics into our lives. You know your weaknesses. I know I have many, many weaknesses. You know your weaknesses. God wants to do something about them. He wants to use the Word of God, like King David, to make you a person after his own heart. And the book of Psalms is a rich treasure there to help us. Read it. Use it. Focus on how you worship and how you as an individual, how we as a church can be hope for a lost world. So please, please, please use this summer. Reflect not on my words and what I'm saying. It's just a dull reflection of what God is saying to you. God has a plan. God is speaking. Aslan is on the move. Things are happening. Use this summer. Use the book of Psalms. And hear how God will make you into this hope. Simple things to do. Connect wherever you are. Give generously with your whole heart and worship in his name be full of him be full of his love and wherever you are we as Chaldean church will bring hope to a world in need amen This is the end of this message. We hope you enjoyed it. If you want to find out more about our church, please visit www.chowdean.org.uk and please take a minute to rate our podcast on iTunes.